0: Hey everyone, hey, this is a Talisman, this is Ryan, this is Jeremy, this is Phil, <laughs> and you're listening to Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out, <laughs> Out Loud cast. <laughs> oh yeah!
1: Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, Here we go. <laughs> this is James Simmons. Put that cookie down. Yes. Stop pressing the buttons. Star- Simmons.
0: Star? Star- Old oh, Shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome. man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is
1: that a positive thing? Okay. All right. Gonna grab me a nice cold mellow. Okay.
0: Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck. Clap. Talking. 525 Jerry. Kiss, settle down Hello, hey what's up there Kiss Army Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast Episode 209 Ultimate Classic Rock Kisses, 50 most important concerts
1: Ooh, yeah, that's right, 50 anniversary baby big time here we love talking about lists this is a big one
0: yeah and, and and this article just came out so let's talk about it right that's right you're talking probably 50 50 concerts you're talking 50 years you in the business <laughs> uh tom what's cooking over there besides uh everyone freezing their nuts off in this weather wow
1: uh, it's not even that bad yet. We wait until Friday night into our uh, Saturday morning. I'm gonna have to, my dogs, I'm gonna have to give them permission to take a shit on my living room floor because I don't know if I'm gonna bring them outside or not.
0: Did you say Friday night
1: at eight? It will be so great. great. Eight, <laughs> eight, eight. Thank you. I'm fatted. I'm uh, fatted. Uh, flatted. <laughs> Show me those muscles again. Oh man.
0: Hook your knees, hook your knees. <laughs> Well, last week, Tom, we talked about Ace Fraley's
1: (laughs) Academy (laughs) Award-winning remedy, now available on Blu-ray and VHS cassette.
0: I've got now a couple leading roles coming up for a leading man good looks. well uh we talked about his uh, appearance on the howard stern show and uh we had some fun with that but as always before we get started we like to give a shout out to the tax man tony barone
1: that's right and tax season is coming baby it's february 1st at the time of this recording so loudcasters abcpa inc is an accounting firm located in the suburbs of chicago that can assist with all of your accounting and tax needs. For business, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, filing federal and state income tax returns, and help with starting your own business as well. For individuals, they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust and estate tax returns, and filing personal federal and state income tax returns. They have access to all 50 states. So whether you live in West Virginia or Virginia, ABCPA Inc. can prepare and e-file on your behalf. Did you know, KISS Army, that if you own a business with employees and have had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 due to COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you might be entitled to additional tax credits? Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn and visit them on their website at abcpainc.com. That's www.abcpainc.com or email our buddy Tony at Tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com or call him at 708-430-3232. That is 708-430-3232.
0: Yeah, ABCPA Inc. Woo-hoo. So uh, w- according to Tony, he's had a few of you guys give him a buzz so far, and we appreciate that because he does such a good job. But uh, we're happy to hear that uh, you guys are calling him and putting your faith in him because he does a great job. And uh, I, 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 I make, it's a win-win for all of us when you guys reach out and help out a guy like Tony and his business who does a great job. And everybody needs an accountant. There's nothing better than having your own accountant, a plumber, an electrician, and uh, a mechanic. A,
1: me- a mechanic. There you go. That's yeah. right.
0: Yep. And, and those things are great to have. Yep. And,
1: um, and, and another great thing to have too, on top of those, is a great Kiss podcaster. That is essential
0: in your life. Well, great and Kiss podcaster is an oxymoron. First of all, no. They, on, they, that on. can't. That can't work together. No, that's and, true. And before we move on. Tom and I are both in one of the one of these moods. Oh, I think everybody's just annoying the fuck out of us.
1: I'll tell you right now, these are days like this where I'm so happy that we have a microphone to use. But other days where I'm like, if me and you said what we want to say right now, no one would ever listen to us.
0: I think it's for again. the new Patreon members. We can have a Patreon thing and you guys can hear us bitch about the behind the scenes nonsense that goes maybe on. Maybe that'll be maybe that'll be a new
1: Patreon. Offer, Billy. Like, hey, you get stickers. You get a T-shirt, and
0: you get to hear about us, bitch, in real time. Yeah, hear us call out favorite fucking listeners. Hear <laughs> us shit on our buddies that are podcasters. <laughs> hear no, us we don't do that. Shit on other people that we just fucking hate for no reason. <laughs> shit <laughs> on everybody. I don't. You, you screw everybody. But there is just, and the funny thing is it's like, we'll each have it at our fingertip, ready to fucking send it to the other one. Like, are you seeing this shit? What yep. the fuck? Yep. And and to be honest, it's probably just us. Like, oh, it's no, us. It's no, just no, like, us. Nobody means any harm, but we just get so easily fucking annoyed. Dude, normal people are like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. And me and you are like, that's, no, that's fucking annoying.
1: That's not cool.
0: <laughs> Who fucking asked you to do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't ask you. Did you ask him? No, I mean, what the fuck is he posting that shit?
1: And meanwhile, people like, I thought it was really, thought it was a nice guy. <laughs> like, <"Well>, fuck him.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I think that is why we get along so well. Just fucking have, have a passion for bitching.
1: <laughs> you know, what's going to be great now. We're going to get inundated with DMs. I'm not the one that's annoying you guys. Am I the one annoying you? I'm not annoying I, you, am I? I,
0: I guarantee you the one of the first people to send us a message will be fucking uh, uh, Jepson. Giggity, 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 giggity. Oh. <laughs> he always thinks it applies to him. Guys,
1: I'm not annoying you. You know I love you
0: guys. So I'm not yeah. annoying you, am I? <laughs> no, no. As I'm rubbing up and down with my fucking leg and humping you on the wall on the kiss cruise. Hey, uh, this isn't annoying, is it? Is it? Can I <laughs> like touch your balls? <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? Kevon <laughs> Jeepson, whatever fucking Borat alias J- Borat Jepson with his
1: <laughs> accent marks, yeah,
0: whatever fucking alias you need to use. Hello,
1: Pantheon
2: podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
0: To get on social media, you oh, fucking... Man. What the fuck? Oh, anyways. Are we done bitching about the people we that support we our show?
1: We are. Welcome new listeners. I say that all the time. I love... We do, the, we do these things like 30 seconds into the fucking episode. People are like, what? What? What are these guys doing? They're
0: not very nice people. No,
1: no, no, no. We're not. We're not. But... So we do a poll every week. And last week, our poll was based on uh, the Ace Freely Howard Stern appearance. Ace Freely. Yes. And the question was, in a perfect world, Ace is in Kiss for some people. Maybe that's not a perfect world for everybody. But for now, simple question. Are you Team Ace slash Ace Cult or are you Team Kiss? Now, these poll results really made me happy. Because 74%, excuse me, 73% said Team Kiss. The ace cult was only 27%. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Now, although then we have people like our buddy uh, Jerky Jack Broad, who said, neither. They both suck. (laughs) Okay. Okay uh our buddy steve we love steve team kiss always has been always will be how many times have they let us down and or disappointed us over the decade yet here we still are buying everything and giving them the chance to disappoint us again because they are our band we don't come back to them because we never left Then our buddy John Restano, I am with Team Baba Booey. And then he has a gif of Gary's horse tooth jackass teeth. Oh, man. Zandon Black, no member is bigger than the band. All right, let's quickly get to some uh, episode-specific comments, because we got a big list we want to talk about tonight to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Oh, here's a good one. Brad. Not backpack, Brad. This is a different Brad. He says, FYI, on Sal saying that Paul was the Ralph of Kiss. I can't believe I forgot this. I'm so glad somebody like Brad pointed this out. Ralph was Howard's stylist and called into the show daily. Ralph was a bit feminine and stirred up shit on the regular. So I think that may be the reference. When Sal said Paul was the Ralph (laughs) of Kiss. Stealth says, is it me or does Ace look like Joe Rogan here? And he doesn't look, he doesn't look like Ace, I'll give you that much. Dr. Two, I had to find the show that Zeus mentioned where Ace and Peter play cops. The ace cult thinks that he should have won a Golden Globe for this appearance. <laughs> then he posted the clip. Our buddy Tom Dust, another great deep dive episode. I hope Zeus's daughter solves the case and updates us <laughs> soon. <laughs>
0: every time i see a parent hey did you uh did you ever hear did you hear about the story in, in the eighth grade hallway some kid took a shit and They're like <laughs> no but like why why are you bringing that up to me like because i want to discuss it you know and then our buddy
1: daryl albert uh posted a couple pictures of him with chuck zito and uh daryl
0: what kind of enhancements were you on <laughs> when these pictures were taken Dude, he looks like a fucking Howard Stern whack pack in that. Dude, he's bigger than Chuck Zito in all
1: these pictures. Uh, Egghog says, great episode. Sal is a true Ace cult nut. This appearance led to the infamous story of Sal getting Ace's info from his release just to have it. As for his Paul is the Ralph of Kiss comment, that's because Ralph is Howard's stylist who says he's straight, but everyone thinks he's gay. (laughs) Yeah, Ralph, I don't know about that.
0: How do I know that Paul is gay? His dick tastes like shit.
1: (laughs) Okay, should we edit that out? Uh, Here's one I'm not reading on the show here, but some guy commented and said, Chuck Zito, that gay prostitute who (laughs) dates pedophiles? What the fuck? All right, and that's it for Twitter. Zeus, what do you got
0: on the book of face? All right. All right. Kevon Jepson. (laughs) Giggity, 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 giggity. It is nice. <laughs> I'm six minutes in and listening to a kid tell a shit story. <laughs> greatest show ever. Love the innocent, pure laughter of a kid telling shit stories. Wow. okay, on with the episode. I love it and awesome. you you must have put the uh, welcome new listeners. yes, I did. yes of course. Oh boy, I have to say something because I texted this to you earlier, t- uh, Tom. Our buddy. Thinking Stanley here, people. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Thinking Stanley here, people, and listen. He must have taken our fucking Hotter Than Hell stuff and he did like a whole set list of Sinking Stanley tracks to the whole fucking Hotter Than Hell album. He did a Hotter Than Piss one. But then he had this photo <laughs> up of. Sinking Stanley and Eddie Trunk is like Wayne's World, yeah. and he did the video and he sang a song of coming home. And just, uh, "How did he go again, Tom? I think it was something like." Yeah, he says.
1: So he, it's kind of like the, the the chorus of the song. It's like, it's true. I'm not sure if you knew. I'm sinking tracks for you. <laughs> Why are we laughing at this? It's, it's so
0: <laughs> stupid. Smoking. You know, it's true. I'm sinking traffic. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I, right, I'm not. I mean, Tim's getting a lot of fucking. Uh, but then he, like, I that's, can't a, that, help that's it. funny.
1: That's a, he landed, he landed that one.
0: Yeah, fucking. Anyway. Uh over on Loudcasters. Matt Wallace, he says that the way Tom laughed when Zeus read hot, hot, hotter than piss was so authentic and instantaneous. It's good to hear someone laugh like that. Oh, okay. Well, it was funny. Uh Josh Brown says this is one of the best cold openers and feedback segments ever. Jesus Christ. Settle down before we all piss ourselves. <laughs> Over on Instagram, Tom uh, G Money MMA says Sal's horrific attempt at Ace's costume was hilarious. <laughs> when Howard was king, yeah, spitchug. One of my favorite Howard appearances. Ace laughing at Sal was the best. Over on YouTube, Tom Mark Stewart says Chuck Zito used to be president of Hell's Angels Ace just left Kiss He was never fired by Gene After the first farewell tour Ace had plans to do a solo album So he didn't want to tour again I And mean, We all kind of know the various uh, stories about this But it was interesting that, that at the time He was saying, yeah, I'm not touring with them He didn't say he was out of Kiss or he quit Right, right Mike Brewer says, Aces manager, cut it short. Too much kiss talk. Yeah. Tinworm says, great show. I wanted to crawl up my own ass and hide because of the secondhand embarrassment. You guys should do a cringiest moment tournament. Getting it down to 64 would be the hardest part. True. And that's what I got, Tom. Back to you.
1: All right, let's bang out a few emails before we get on with the episode here. This comes from Calvin Richards. Hey, Tom and Zeus. After listening to today's show, I did a little digging on the movie Remedy. Here is a short video with Ace's three scenes. Then he posts a YouTube link. Then he says, also, it's mentioned Ace was involved in the movie soundtrack, but I can't find anything about that. Would have been interesting to see what was on it if it actually exists. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Bob Demler sends us a message from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. We love getting those. Another great episode. I really like how you guys can mix it up by taking an obscure kiss-related item like this short interview with Ace and build an entire entertaining episode around it. Genius. I agree with your assessment that Ace was a bit uncomfortable or under some kind of contractual gag order. Uh, I love it. And then he gives us a little bit of a uh, potential script for an episode of Uncle Ace. I love it. Uh, thanks for what you do, T and Z. Love ya, brothers. And then we finish up emails here with uh, Mr. Antonio 2005. Oh, here we go. I love this. I love diehard Stern fans. All that was missing from this interview was the whack pack coming out dressed as Kiss and makeup. Beetlejuice could be Gene. High pitch Eric as Paul. Sal was Ace and stuttering John as Peter. Ace was fine in the interview. Just more reserved from what we have seen and heard before. I don't know if he was fine. Um, and then we finish up one last email here from our buddy, Alex white, getting more difficult to hear ACE talk and sing. When you play his live footage of rocket ride, I thought I accidentally was playing the podcast at half speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what we got for emails. But before we move on, we got one final thing to read from feedback. And this comes off of a Facebook, uh, direct message here. Stephen Thomas Howard sends us a message saying, Brand new listener as of today. My first episode was the review of Harder Than Hell. Instant fan split my side open and busted a lung laughing so hard. I'm on board with multiple exclamation points. He writes, Stephen Thomas Howard. We love hearing that from new listeners. We love new listeners. Welcome new listeners. We mean that. So Stephen Thomas Howard, for that, my friend, you are the comment of the week.
0: Good answer. Good answer. Like the way you think. I'm gonna be watching you. <laughs> yeah, Steven. Great job. Ooh. All right. Yeah, as we're uh, finishing up, we're texting uh, Jericho about our. Uh, he's uh, the cruise is leaving tomorrow, and he's and we're giving him shit, and he tells <laughs> That's and we told him next year we'll be the fucking One of the headline acts And he told us we could run the fan club apparently Tom
1: Yeah he loves that He lo- always wants us to run the
0: fan club So we told him no Casada will run our fan club On that yeah. <laughs> But he did say though they are on the they're rehearsing right now quarantine's rehearsing I'm like that's oh, right yeah play some fucking let's put the X in sex but next year yep yep now yeah, well we wish everybody that goes on that cruise a good safe time and I'm sure they have fun absolutely yep yeah anyway Tom what we do next is we give a shout out and our shout out goes to our buddies and family over on Patreon yes wow. Patreon is, uh, it's become a cliche where I keep saying we keep growing, but it's because it's accurate. That's right. We do keep growing. We got a new member again, Tom. Yep. And this week, we're going to give a shout out to Jason Sibley, who joins us as a Spaceman tier member. Ah. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) You you picked the Spaceman because I'm an Academy Award winning actor.
1: Check out my Golden (laughs) Globe-nominated remedy.
0: (laughs) I play a heroin dealer named Johnny. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining and being part of the family. We know you're going to love it here with us. Uh, Patreon is where you guys jump in, join our family, and get some perks from us. Some merch, some... uh, uh behind the scenes stuff, some voting capabilities, some show involvement. Uh we're doing the ARC pick, Patreon pick coming up shortly. So that's getting done. March Madness is coming done, that is coming up. So you'll have involvement with that. But uh Patreon people, when they sign up, they contribute on the four different tiers. And those contributions help the show out a lot. We say it all the time. What's the number one way you can help our show out? You want, you love what we're doing. You want us to continue? Patreon is the number one way. And you can go find Patreon right on our website. When you log in, shoutoutloudcast.com. It's right there on the landing page. You'll see it. Patreon, click there. And then uh, read all about it. And pick the tier that you like. And uh, you'll get some perks. We get some perks. It's a win-win for everybody. And you'll be involved with a fucking awesome, tight nip fun having family and so all you guys that join our patreon or interested in patreon please go to the website shoutoutloudcast.com or you can go to the app patreon or you can go to patreon.com and all your contributions help out the show and we really appreciate it and we can't thank you guys enough
1: yeah absolutely special shout out this week to jason sibley thank you so much for joining our amazing Patreon family. And to all of our amazing Patreon members. You guys rock. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, you guys are essential to keeping this show alive and growing and moving forward. So thank you so much.
0: Tom, what we do next is we move on to Kiss World. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, so the big news announced last week uh, after we recorded was the new off the soundboard. And wow. For the first time in a long time, pretty much all of Kiss World were really, really excited. And why is that? Well, that's because the new Office Soundboard is from a Poughkeepsie 1984 show on the animalized tour, the only known soundboard recording with Mark St. John. Wow. How awesome is that? Incredible. I mean, mind blowing. Mind blowing that that they did something this amazing, something that they know fans want. I mean, our buddy Jericho loves this era, so he was like beaming, he was pumped. Um, so it says it's the only known soundboard recording with Mark St. John. Unfortunately, Young and Wasted Rock and Roll all Night are incomplete, but due to the historical importance of the show with Mark, we hope you all rock out to this as we have also now. Obviously, you can get the package with the mustard yellow vinyl. Uh, some really awesome merch. I'm like a big t-shirt dork when they do this stuff, so of course I ordered all this stuff. Uh, the t-shirt's really cool. On the back, it's got the claws. You know, the woman with the fingernails coming out, ripping the shirt out, reminiscent of what they were doing at the time in the '80s with that. Uh, and it says "Kiss Live," kind of like Animalize live. Um, and they released another t-shirt that's really awesome. It's got like this like hot chick on the front with the guitars. And then on the back, it's got Gene's axe bass and Paul's uh, striped flying V on the back, World Tour 84. Really cool. Um, but it, this wouldn't be an episode of Shout It Out Loudcast if we didn't find a way to bitch about something that's really cool. And I'm going to bitch about this. So this is 1984, the Animalized Tour. Now, with every other off the soundboard, they sell trading cards and guitar picks. The trading cards only feature pictures of Paul and Gene. Okay. We'll get into that in a minute. But the other thing that's really stupid and fucking annoying is that the guitar picks feature the four makeup designs. Why? Why?
0: Kiss collectors, idiots, morons. No, I, ones.
1: I, 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 yeah, I don't, I, I'm like, take a break, do something different. Put like little tiger stripes or frigging, Zebra stripes or something. I, I thought that was just stupid, but you know, whatever. That's just me nitpicking because that's what we have to do here. Uh, but regardless, all that aside, this is an amazing, amazing release. People are really fired up for this. I cannot wait for us to get it. It comes out in April. Uh, you bet your ass we'll be doing a review the minute it drops. Uh, so it's gonna be a, a ton of fun. So off the soundboard, Poughkeepsie 1984. Uh, another big thing that's going on right now is Gene Simmons from kiss spend a day up close and personal with gene simmons join him for an intimate private dinner overlooking the las vegas strip you get to spend the weekend with gene saturday may 6th sunday may 7th you get a ton of shit uh the only problem is it costs five grand But. You know, if you got that kind of coin, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Day one, spend it with Gene. You get this package of stuff from him. It's pretty amazing. Private event room at the Rio Hotel and Casino in Vegas. Gene takes the stage, tells stories. He'll present you with personally selected items from his collection. He'll sign two of your items. The Gene Simmons band will perform a set. So, again, it's it's a crazy, awesome event, but it's five thousand dollars so do that what you will but uh we love gene but that's a little bit ridiculous but if you have the means to do it enjoy have a blast let us know how it was and also uh as the title of this episode is the topic of this episode uh january 30th was the 50th anniversary of kiss playing their first concert at the popcorn club coventry queens you know the names changed since then Uh, But we'll get into that a little bit more when we get into the topic uh, about running down all these important concepts. But, yeah, amazing 50 years of KISS. Uh, And there are some rumors that a box set is coming out this year, maybe another one next year as well. Uh, So we'll see what's going on with that. But, yeah, 50 years of KISS, pretty amazing stuff.
0: And the last thing is, though, Tom, uh, which was on the 31st, four years ago, on the 31st, the End of the Road Tour just started. Imagine. Four years ago, our podcast just got off the ground.
1: That's right, 2019. Amazing, absolutely amazing. They've done
0: 32 country over 200 shows so far. Yep. In that fucking insane tour, the End of Eternity tour, it's yep. still going.
1: And as of right now, I mean, maybe by the time this episode drops, new information will come out. But right now, nothing nothing in the U.S. announced as of right now. Oh, yeah. First.
0: And a, a tip of the hat over to our buddies over at PRC. They had Doc on. Yeah. And Doc w- went into a little bit of detail saying that the announcement should be coming. Hopefully, it'll be out by the time this episode is out as to yeah. when the last show will come. We're going to do our best to get there. I don't know. We Hopefully, we can. But uh, the news will be out soon enough. So we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah. And that's about it for kiss world. Uh, I think people just kind of bracing themselves to see what this year brings us in terms of American dates or, uh, anything else special going on, but yeah, that's about it
0: for right now. All right. So let's take a break and see if, uh, we could track down Vinny Vincent and, uh, see if he's ready for, uh, his next, uh, box set to be released.
1: All right, we're back. I was just uh, talking to ACE. He heard us talking about the popcorn club, and uh I really thought it was just a, a club where people just hang around and just eat popcorn. I had to, I don't even remember playing a fucking show here 50 years ago, but popcorn clubs are fun and uh I kind of was glad to be part of that one.
0: Yeah, so Tom, uh this one is uh an interesting uh, article that just dropped and uh like we do, we like to be topical. And since the 50th anniversary is up, we don't want to do too much of a over the top uh, overdone uh, retrospective of 50 years throughout this you know the next year and a half so but let's let's do one here this was kind of set up easy for us wasn't it
1: yeah so this is ultimateclassicrock.com they, all, they love talking about KISS uh, and it's an article that was published January 30th by Matthew Wilkening and it's titled Kisses 50 Most Important Concerts. So it's a great way to kind of run down a 50-year retrospective um, and just kind of blow through this and talk about some of the things that stick out to us, some of the things that we think are special to us. And, uh, you know, by the time we're done, maybe if there's anything that, that's missing or or uh, whatever, you know, of course, we love lists and we love uh, giving our opinions on those lists. So this will be a good one.
0: All right. Want to let us know how it starts? All right. So the first
1: one, of course... The aforementioned January 30th, 1973, a few weeks after finalizing the lineup and the addition of lead guitarist Ace Furley, they made their debut at the Popcorn Club in Queens, New York. Uh, So the very first show, that's it. January 30th, 1973, KISS played their first concert. Cool. Uh, Makes sense. The first one. There you go. 50. That's right. Then we go to December 31st, 1973. Gene Simmons sets his hair on fire for the first time. <laughs> 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 exactly. Uh, his now famous fireball spewing trick didn't go so well. Uh, they were doing a show at the Academy of Music in New York City. And uh, yeah, his hair caught on fire. And it's cool because Ultimate Classic Rock, if it's available, they'll put little little YouTube video clips of this. And they do have a clip of this of uh, poor Gene with his hair on fire here. Here's a good one. January 26, 1974, Paul Stanley's brief bandit experiment ends. This is, this is terrible. Um, after his original Starchild makeup was declared kind of swishy, kind of feminine by Neil Bogart, he agreed to try a new bandit design. He ended up going back to the Star Child. A lot of people believe that the Bandit came first, but it actually didn't. So he had the Star first, and Neil Borga was like, "Nah." Then he did the Bandit, and then he was like, "Nah." <laughs> the Bandit, the Bandit's a terrible. It's a terrible look.
0: Oh come I on! I think the Bandit's cool.
1: Do you really like it? I like it. Okay. No. Do you you don't you don't like it better than the Star?
0: I don't know. I've always wondered whether. The Star Child itself, if he had it on both eyes, would have been different or cool.
1: Have you ever seen know. that image? Somebody, somebody did like yeah. a photoshopped image of the star on both eyes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's how I imagine it. It's fine. I, yeah. I just think somebody could have done the bandit in the future. So I, it doesn't that, have to be Frog Boy or Dog Guy.
1: Right. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, then we go to May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy. Or a scathing review spawns a 26 year grudge uh, a writer named patrick mcdonald from the seattle daily times did not like his experience at the kiss concert he says quote the band's music is strictly on the moron level <laughs> <laughs> i hope the four guys who make up the group whose names don't matter are putting money away for the future the near future because kiss won't be around long now, this is pretty cool because in two thousand they printed that quote on the backs of their tour shirts, but that's kind of that's kind of pretty that's pretty awesome
0: that's i just cool. like the i just like the twenty six year grudge you think Paul only keeps twenty six year old grudges he's that's he's pro- kept on longer than that that's probably the that's probably the a baby grudge for paul
1: twenty oh. six i got fifty six year grudges uh then we go to May 16th, 1975, Kiss begins recording their career-saving Alive record. Uh K- recorded at four concerts beginning in May 16th at Cobo Arena Detroit, the quote studio enhanced double live album. Catapulted Kiss to stardom and uh the rest is history. Everybody obviously loves Alive some more than others. And uh we haven't reviewed that one yet. That'll be a good one when we get to that. Then we get to August 23rd, 1975. This is a good one. All you sports fans out there, (laughs) future Pardon the Interruption host, Tony Kornheiser, (laughs) this is amazing, said that he attended a 1975 KISS concert and it made him quit his job as a rock critic for Newsday. He says, I looked at this and I said, wow, this is something I have never seen before. This is going to be the biggest thing in music quickly. I'm getting out of the rock critic business. I stopped within a month and it wasn't that I didn't think they were good. It was, it was just beyond me. That is hilarious. I had no idea that Tony (laughs) Koneizer was a rock critic for Newsday. That's amazing. Then we go to September 10th, 1975 kiss becomes rich and famous on the alive tour. More and more bands refuse to let kiss upstage them. The group launched their own headlining tour. Ace Fraley from his book, No Regrets, says the fans devoured alive in numbers we couldn't have imagined. It went gold, then it went platinum, then double platinum. The album hit the billboard charts quickly and stayed there for two years. Two fucking years. Yeah, that was a big one, of course. And there's a cool picture of them holding their records there. Pretty awesome shit. I love that. December 12th, 1976. Here's a famous incident here. Ace Fraley nearly gets electrocuted on stage. So this is December 12th, 1976. They're in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, everybody knows the story. He grabbed onto a railing while coming down the ramp and uh, shocked himself. He was almost uh, unable to complete the show. He had to take like a, about a 10-minute break. And of course, that led to the legendary Shock Me.
0: In which Ace will later on, we can't shock me. me? Shock me. <laughs> And then here we go. August 26th through the 28th,
1: 1977, Alive 2 is recorded at the Forum in LA. Since they didn't want to use any of the songs featured in their first live album again, five new studio songs were recorded. We have not reviewed Alive 2 yet. When we do, I'm sure both of us will have some things to say about those new studio songs. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here we go. May 19th, 1978. Evil robot Kiss clones rip and destroy at Magic Mountain. The climactic scene of the ill-fated 1978 TV Kiss movie, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, finds the group battling their evil clones on stage. The robots had rewritten the lyrics to Harder Than Hell and were encouraging fans to riot with Rip and Destroy. So in May 19, 1978, thousands of fans were invited to a special free concert at Magic Mountain for a shooting of the live footage and then treated to a 19-song KISS concert. Oh, my God. That would have been fucking insane. Rip and Destroy. Everybody loves Rip and Destroy.
0: When they rip one out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we go to June 15, 1979. Quote, the return of KISS, unquote, fizzles. Yeah, this was the big one. Kiss took more than a year off from touring in order to allow everyone to recover from the grueling schedule of the previous five years When they returned to the road with a v- revamped stage show and extremely frilly new costumes in June of 79. The fan base was much less rabid. The, the pop, the disco dynasty turned off many fans. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Not for me, not for you. Uh, we were only about six years old at the time, but for those, Teenage diehards, mm, the return of KISS fizzled at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go to December 8th, 1979. On stage sabotage leads to Peter Chris's departure. Oh God. This won't be the last time you hear about Peter doing stupid shit, but we love Peter. Frustrated by his role in grappling with addiction issues, Peter Chris had long been contemplating an exit from KISS. In Shreveport, Louisiana on December 8th, 1979. Listen to this quote by the by the author of this article. After Stanley motioned for the coked-up drummer (laughs) to to play slower, Chris intentionally sabotaged the show by slowing down to a crawl. That crossed a line, Paul said in his book, Face the
0: Music. Paul, Peter, that's on a line. (laughs) Did somebody chug a football (laughs) two feet away from the back of his head?
1: Oh, poor Peter, come on. All right, then we move to another big date here. July 25th, 1980, Eric Carr's first show. Yes. Palladium. Introduced as Eric the Fox Carr at a special one-off show in his hometown of New York City. Yeah. His original stage name was going to be Rusty Blades. (laughs) And he was going to be a hawk that everybody seen pictures of that look like in... An orange chicken, and was you that, mentioned it, and you mentioned it, Zeus. That was at the Palladium in New York City. Yes,
0: was that rusty trombone?
1: <laughs> it's not about the rusty trombone. No, no, it's not about the the bow tie, the Cincinnati bow tie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not.
0: It's not about the rusty trombone and the Dirty Sanchez. It's not about the rainbow showers and the camel toe slide and the Cincinnati bow tie.
1: Then we move to November 8th, 1980. Kiss discovers an oasis of superstardom in Australia. Oh, and Zeus loves this because this is when Shandy became a top five hit. The tour of the country was green with a level of enthusiasm just shy of Beatlemania. mania. Yes, uh, because at this time, no one in the U.S. really gave a shit about Kiss or the <laughs> Unmasked album, but the Australians loved it. That's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> December third, nineteen eighty, Ace Frehley's first farewell kiss. First farewell kiss show. He wrote in his book, "No Regrets Again." Quote: "With the loss of Peter, I soon realized things would never be the same."
0: Yeah. Did he say? Does the article say that Ace went so long? So long.
1: (laughs) So yeah, nineteen eighty was his first farewell kiss show and then he quote quietly departed the band in 1982 poor Ace and then we go to December 29th 1982 Vinny plays his first kiss show the warrior yes creatures of the night of course Ace on the cover but when they toured Vinny was revealed as the sixth and final kiss character at the time we didn't know it was going to be final but that was him First show, December 29th, 1982. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a big one. We've all seen this video on the Kiss videos. June 18th, 1983, Kiss performs for over 180,000 fans in Brazil. Kiss, Kiss. New Brazil. Yes. Everybody loves this clip. Uh, They're playing at Maracana Stadium in Rio and uh, that clip of them is just mind blowing, especially when it has that angle from the back of Gene and you see the crowd. It almost looks like it's Photoshopped. It's so, so off the charts. Oh, insane. oh my God. Seeing that
0: when Exposed came out, oh. we talked about it. It's yep. fucking insane. It's insane. Uh, then we get to the next one. We actually did an episode on this one last year. This is June 25th,
1: 1983.
0: I My Kiss. birthday of 10 years old. Oh,
1: there you go. All right. Kiss says goodbye to their makeup. Uh, so, yeah, we did an episode when they removed their makeup on MTV and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so this this was about a week after the record-setting show in Rio. Uh, they performed what would turn out to be their last show in makeup. Three months later, while promoting Lick It Up, they took off the makeup and showed everybody what their
0: handsome faces looked like. And they played yeah. your favorite song. Yeah. Uh... Lick it up. Yeah. Lick it up.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, so that's not really a concert. That's their appearance, because then the first concert without the makeup is a few months later on October 11th, 1983. And uh, that was kind of funny because people were saying that the posters for that concert were kind of advertising the band as having makeup. They come out and they don't have makeup. And everybody's like, what the fuck is going on here right now? pretty good yeah and that wasn't that in portugal yes it was yep yep uh and as quickly as vinnie vincent's first kiss show was (laughs) well here's his last right after it not too long ago (laughs) grand opening grand (laughs) closing i was just gonna say that march 17th 1984 uh vinnie vincent's last show uh he departed at the conclusion of the lick it up tour, less than a year and a half after his first appearance um Gene said, quote, there are people who simply cannot handle when things are starting to go their way. They torpedo it by making stupid decisions to make sure they don't succeed so they can deal with that. Ah, we met Vinny. We had good things to say about him, but that's okay. So a lot of these shows here in the 80s are It's as interesting because they're all a lot of firsts and lasts. So then we go from Vinny's last show to Bruce Kulick's first show, and that's September 30th, 1984, on the Animalize Tour. Because we all know poor Mark St. John, uh, he had the that hand injury, that chronic condition that wouldn't allow him to play. So our buddy Bruce comes in and takes over. And God, do we love Bruce. Hell yes.
0: Yeah, he's okay.
1: <laughs> so at that time, Bruce didn't really take over the band because a couple months later, uh, on November 27th and November 29th, that was Mark's first and last kiss show. Yes. Yeah. Two months into the Animalize tour, he was ready to join his new bandmates on stage. Couldn't do it. Bruce takes over. We love it. And uh, now we have off the songboard Poughkeepsie with uh, a live concert of Mark St. John, which is, I can't wait to hear that. It's going to be amazing.
0: And we also have Bruce Kulik aprons now.
1: And who doesn't love those? Mm-hmm. Of course. We love Bruce and his aprons. Then we go to December 8th, 1984. Bruce Kulick closes Kiss's lead guitarist revolving door. Well, we thought he did. He formally joined on December 7th, 1984, bringing, quote, much needed stability over the next decade while performing on five albums. Um, it was a very strange period for them. Bruce says going from Ace to Vinnie to Mark to me in such a short period amount of time. Yeah, it was. Then we get to one of Jericho's favorite eras here. November 13th, 1987. Kiss hits a dead end on the Crazy Night's Tour. Ooh, yeah. Not good. Not good. Played a million miles an hour, Paul says. Gene equated that with excitement. It caused a loss of groove. We even had people on the side of the stage playing keyboards and sound pads to enhance the rhythm guitar so I could slack off and jump around more. (laughs) Looking back, I can see there was no mystery why the audience dwindled. Yikes! Next, we got August twelfth, nineteen eighty-eight. Kiss revisits their club days. So, not long after the end of the uh, Crazy Nights tour, they decided to warm up for a series of European festival dates with a pair with a pair of shows at the Ritz in New York City. There's tons of bootlegs out uh, about from this show in nineteen eighty. It's actually not a bad performance. Um, so, yeah, that's them kind of regrouping, and then kind of more kind of weirdness is going on here with the band because on february 15, 1989 paul stanley does a solo tour and according to ultimate classic rock they say that this serves as a wake-up call uh so paul was the main architect of the 80s comeback but as, as the decade grew, drew to a close he had gotten a little tired of gene his film career and all that Ooh. stuff so we all know the story paul put a solo band together that had bob Kulick. The late Bob Kulik, rest in peace. And, of course, Eric Singer, future, well, and now, Kiss Drummer. Interesting that Paul did that.
0: Uh, I find it
1: interesting, as a little aside here, that Paul doesn't take any shit for that. Can we talk for just a quick second here if Gene decided to do a solo tour in 1989? Go ahead, yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Paul has no problem being like, I kept the band together, blah, blah, blah. I'm not denying that he didn't. Dude, you did a fucking solo tour with your own band.
0: Remember, he was taking acting classes and stuff there. Yes. So If his acting thing was taken off, he'd do an acting. He'd be in a movie. But that wasn't taken off. So the only thing he could go back to was music.
1: Right. I just find that interesting. That he doesn't take it. I'm not saying he should get shit for it. I'm just saying all for all the all the battering that Gene gets for, you know, him being a little flighty during the 80s. Paul's like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking do a solo tour. And here we go. May 4th, 1990, Kiss reclaims their legacy on the Hot in the Shade tour. Yes. Uh, They obviously kept off the makeup. They finally reconnected with the golden era on this tour. They didn't just add more old songs, but assembled the most impressive stage show in more than a decade. They got their swagger back. So, I don't know, maybe Paul going on on that solo tour. Well, maybe that led to that because the Hot in the Shade tour was fucking incredible. Oh, my God. We've talked about that before. That was my first one you loved it oh yeah then a few months later sadly november 9th 1990 eric carr's last kiss show um and then sadly he would pass away about a year later in 1991 rest in peace eric uh we loved him for sure so april 23rd 1992 is eric singer's first kiss show so this is the revenge tour he had been performing with Paul on the solo tour, like we mentioned. He accepted his role as drummer for Kiss. They booked a series of club dates to get together before starting the revenge tour. Uh, and the rest is history or history, or is it? I don't know. We'll find out. So I think there's a couple other special dates that they mentioned. So then we get to another recording of, of a live three, November 27th to 29th. That's 1992. Yeah, I like how they say, unfortunately, neither Live 3 nor the critically acclaimed Revenge, nor its supporting tour, had much commercial success. Yeah. Yeah, we know that. Then, of course, August 9th, 1995, Ace Frehley and Peter Chris returned for Unplugged. Everybody knows that.
0: What happened next?
1: Yeah, so that's Unplugged. Everybody knows about fucking Unplugged. I, I, like, to- I like some of these kind of random ones here. Like this, December 15th, 1995, Kiss bids farewell to the non-makeup lineup. So this is talk- This is around the era of Carnival of Souls, talking about the reunion. Paul Bruce Kulik says, I didn't know about the reunion until January. I went through the holiday season thinking that we're working on a new studio album. Then we get into January. Gene invited Eric and I up so we could have that discussion with Paul and the band. Ugh, yikes. Sorry, Bruce. Exactly. Hey. And then, of course, June twenty eighth, 1996, the opening tour of the Alive worldwide reunion tour, Tiger Stadium. Now, they had put on their makeup and costumes a couple months before that on February 28th at the Grammys with uh renowned Kiss fan Tupac.
0: <laughs> don't you hate that it's called the Alive Tour, the reunion tour?
1: Alive worldwide, it's so yeah. dumb. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. I, I don't know why they did that. Of, think, you're right, think of that. It's a re, I mean. Not a reunion. Like you, could, you could have called it something like the remasked tour, or yeah. or something, or something. But yeah,
0: like the Eagles when they reformed, called it Hell's Frozen Over tour.
1: And like Guns and Roses, not in this lifetime. Like like something catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this that that was kind of stupid. I agree. No, oh, this is a good one here. I like this. April fifth, nineteen ninety seven. Peter Chris replaced by a drum tech. <laughs> Peter said his arms were hurting. So, Doc McGee recruited a drum tech, ordering Ed Cannon to shave his beard and report backstage to get his makeup done. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty
0: fucking awesome. <laughs> he didn't get his replaced by a drum sample, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paul says either nobody cared or nobody had time to care. <laughs> nice. Uh March twelfth, nineteen ninety-nine, KISS is told not to blow up the stage. So they were in Bremen, Germany on the Psycho Circus tour. Your, your favorite tour, Zeus. Oh yeah. Uh, and Fire Marshal Bill told them not to uh use any of their customary pyrotechnics. Let me show you something. <laughs> I want you to know something. They can stop the bombs, they can stop the fire, but they cannot stop KISS. Yeah, that's a quote that Paul said. But this is hilarious. He did it through a translator. Imagine that.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that came out sounding so oh, abso- cool. A- absolutely.
1: Oh, and Zeus, here's a very important date for you. Uh, August 23rd, 1999. The demon. The wrestler comes out. I
0: watched that live.
1: Dale Torborg. Yep.
0: I don't think it was Dale Torborg then. I'm not sure if it was him. Don't, don't oh, no, you're right. No, you,
1: you're right. no, you're right. it was It was Brian Adams quickly replaced by Dale Torborg. Hmm. Yep. Made his debut on WCW Nitro with God of Thunder. Yep. Yeah. And then it says the demon never got a proper shot at success.
0: <laughs> no, he was a jobber.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did look pretty awesome though. He lost a s- SD special delivery <laughs> Jones <laughs> <laughs> who had a for some reason he had a hole in his back when he wrestled. I don't know. It was like a fucking hole. A hole. Yeah. <laughs> you got a gunshot wound. Or something. Oh,
1: jeez. Oh, uh, then then you get this weird live album that I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know if I've ever listened to it. December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, the uh, a live millennium concert.
0: I have it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I have it too. I don't know if I've ever listened to it before. <laughs> it's now uh, what do you call it? The box set. Is yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: And then this is a funny headline. March eleventh, two thousand, Kiss embarks on their first farewell tour. Now I'm embarrassed to say, why didn't we go on? Why didn't we go on this? Why didn't I we think go to we this? We were like, eh. We were just Yeah. Saw we're him. Eh. Yeah. I think we're right. I think you're right. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't go on that. And that <laughs> October 7th, 2000, Peter Chris destroys his drums. <laughs> oh, God. This is so bad. Watch it. People, if you guys haven't seen this, watch the video. It's very easy to find. Peter just fucking loses it, it goes nuts. Um, And then March 9, 2001, Eric Singer replaces Peter Chris. This is a really weird era for Kiss for me because it's like Peter's in the band, Eric's in the band, Ace is in the band for a minute, and then Tommy's in the band for a minute. It's like, what the fuck is going on here right now? Um, yeah. And then, and then like a month later, April 13th, 2001, Ace freely plays his final kiss show.
0: I did. Okay. It's always funny how they ne- neither one of them had a problem when the other one wasn't in the band with the makeup somebody else was playing. Now, They're imposters.
1: Isn't that that amazing? Yeah, that's right. They're
0: imposters. Yeah. Picking money away out of my pocket.
1: Your pocket. Your pocket. March 6, 2002, Tommy Thayer plays his first Kiss show. So this is funny. This is when it it says Kiss had the logical replacement for Ace waiting in the wings ever since the original Spaceman returned in 96. He'd been working behind the scenes with Kiss since 89, all that stuff. So Tommy Thayer took over for good. Two years later, at a private show in Jamaica. And then here we go again. Back to the Revolving Doors, February 28, 2003. Peter Chris returns when they do the symphony thing with uh, Melbourne. I actually don't mind that album. I actually think it's pretty good. So do I. Yeah. So do I. So do I. Yeah, they joined forces with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra for a special concert. Then Chris ended up returning for both this show and the band's 2003 co-headlining tour with Aerosmith, which was fucking awful. Yeah, that's awful. And we got a quote right here. Kind of piggybacking on what you said, Zeus. Yeah, so you got a comment here. I believe it's it's supposed to be attributed to Paul, but it says he pointed out the hypocrisy of Peter's return in a 2014 interview saying you got Tommy Thayer playing guitar, wearing the ACE makeup. And all of a sudden Peter had no problem. Did he Mm, same thing with ACE? Interesting. Now this, I don't remember. I don't know because of 2003. I don't even know if I was listening to kiss (laughs) December 14, 2003, Joe Perry joins kiss on stage. Yeah. I I don't remember that. This was during that horrible tour. Honking on Bobo. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Uh, he joined Kiss on two occasions. He played Strutter while wearing Paul's boots. Stupid. And then here we go again with Peter, December 20th, 2003. Peter Chris plays his third and final farewell Kiss show. <laughs> Last show took place on his birthday, and they had a cake for him. It says on stage, cake and candles took the place of falling bass drums. Oh, my God. So no. enjoy your cake. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then we go to May 8th, 2004 Kiss's longest running lineup is unveiled. Yeah, we know that the rest is history. Uh, then this was kind of a big deal. I remember, I do remember when this happened, July 27th, 2007, Paul Stanley misses his first ever kiss concert. Paul was having some heart problems at that time. Uh, he had like a rapid heartbeat. And uh, at the time they played as a uh, trio. It was uh Tommy, Eric, and Gene played a 14-song set
0: without Paul. Do you know how different that is? Could you imagine them trying to do that now? There's oh, no God, way they no. would do it. No. There's no way. No. They'd be like, oh, we have everything already synced up. We can't change it. Oh, come on. Don't do that. I'm serious.
1: I agree. No, you're right. Of course, I agree. It's way too choreographed. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go to October 13, 2011, a big day in history the very first
0: KISS cruise. Yes. Oh, and then the first kiss tar was created. <laughs> I remember. Paul, when that... Paul, can I have your napkin?
1: <laughs> You're right. That did kind of fuck up the whole kiss fandom. That yeah. cruise. Oh my God. The one that we've been on twice. And then we're going again. Yep. January 31st, 2019, the opening night of the end of the road. Farewell tour
0: fucking four years ago we just talked about it we just
1: talked about it yep absolutely incredible incredible and then we go to uh a really fun one that people really enjoy december 3rd 2020 dubai
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: it's i like it It says kiss plays a pay-per-view show with no audience (laughs) oh god i can't i'm very happy to be here 2020 goodbye pay-per-view concert from Dubai. Dude, we are, look at that. We are over two years removed from that. So that's 50. We flew through it um, again. We wanted to cover this. We're not going to tell everybody to go read the article. So we're going to do it for you and talk about it. Give you our little bit of uh, riffage on each one here. There's a couple things that kind of stick out for me. And I saw somebody online commenting about this. I don't see anything in here what they were doing in their career in the late seventies with Japan. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, they didn't in do here.
0: like the sold out five show. Uh, no, breaking the Beatles record in Budokan no. and stuff.
1: Nope, nope. Because they go because for 1977, it mentions Alive Two. 1976, okay, so 1976, it mentions Ace getting electrocuted. Then it goes right to 77 for the recording of Alive Two. Then it goes to 78 for Phantom. No mention of Japan. Yeah, That's like stunning to me, the Budokan stuff, stunning. Um, but I think that's a really, really good snapshot. I think if you're, you know, if you're a Kiss Tard like us and if you're listening to us, you are. I think that's a really good. It's fun. 50, it, it's a 50 year capsule. I think it really captured uh, other than the Budokan thing. I really can't think of anything like missing from there. I think that really I think the guy really nailed everything. Right.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, if you really want to get into details, you can also kind of bring up because it's usually in any biography, anything like that. When they started doing the creatures of the night tour and Paul mm. kept looking back behind stage and seeing like a half empty fucking audience and things like that, that would be something because it's always brought up when they talk about the career, That's how, true. When they, oh, how like they were dead and yeah. they knew it. And so they had to change from lick it up. They should have said something in there about like, Fucking sold out, fucking thirty percent of some stadium or something. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, Kiss has got those the Tiger Stadium ones, uh, LA, uh, Cobo halls. We know about this. Budokan should have been mentioned per uh, specifically. Uh, other than that, really, if they don't have the Beatles at Shea Stadium stuff, right? You know, the, there's not that many historic stuff. We Kiss cards know. Oh, 1980, Palladium, you know, and right. stuff like that. So, uh, in 1980, fucking Perth, we know that stuff, but they're not like famous concert that other artists, renowned, like are like, oh, that's the big renowned concert of Kiss at that place at that time.
1: Yeah, I do find it really confusing. Even even talking about this with you and reading through this, everything that was going on in the early 2000s with this band was a fucking mess. Like yep. Peter coming and going, like Tommy coming and going, Ace. You know, Eric Singer, like here and then all and now. Peters the drug. like what? What I mean, I, and I will say this: we say this all the time. For all the shit we give Kiss, we do we do give them credit when they deserve it. And I give the band credit for getting their shit together and getting back on track, focused with this lineup that they have. Whether you love it or hate it, if you if you go back through that timeline that we just read, that showed all the signs of any other band just dismantling itself right there because of all or not being on tour
0: for years. Exactly. Right. But that's part of the problem with kiss. They get some kudos for that, but it's also their detriment. Yep. Because during that time, they didn't go away and come back with something creative literally for fucking 15, 20 years. It's been the same kind of shit going on. Nothing new, nothing creative, nothing interesting. It's the same shit.
1: Yeah, it's true. You're right. You're right. And 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 if I can be like a real pain in the ass here. Yeah, um, That's what because, we do. Because, well, that's what we like to do. L- uh, because I like to look at like set lists, because that's what we do. The set list for the off the soundboard Poughkeepsie 1984. <laughs> yeah. There's only like three or four like new songs. Like yeah. you got some animalized stuff and you got like, I think like I love it loud. But
0: do you remember when Kiss did the we have it rock the nation insta CDs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine them trying to pedal that now for the end of the road? Instant CDs? Oh, that's Be like, it's, yeah, it's the same fucking songs and the same vocals from every show in the past four you,
1: years. You mean like when they did off the soundboard, Virginia Beach?
0: Yeah. That was rock the nation. Dude, like they can't get away with it. It's the same songs. It's the same song. It's, I don't know if they changed the fucking record over and ball singing the same way. Like, I, I know. But they can't do instant CDs. They couldn't. The fucking songs all the same. Think about how many different bands there are, and if you go and grab their set list, and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to get this bootleg." That's why the thing I don't understand about Kiss bootlegs, with the exception of a few, and you're only buying them really for one song or two songs, just to say, "Oh, oh my God, I have the fucking uh, the bootleg of Betrayed being played." Like there is nothing that is so. Oh, this one has this, 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 this. They're all going to have the same basic 12 songs on them.
1: It's completely different. We've talked about this before. What Pearl Jam did, what Metallica did. The, the, Jam. the, the, the Pearl Jam's bootleg collection is over. Go on to iTunes or Spotify. Dude, I, I, Their discography,
0: there's like 700 albums, and every set list is almost different. Exactly. And they're always doing like a couple different covers, covers from covers. a different song, yep. making it interesting pulling songs off of like what the fuck they pulled this off a of what album
1: yep not yep. kiss but i think the part where you're wrong is absolutely people would snatch those things up because they're collectors i mean they're snapshots of if, if they sold instant live at great woods or whatever the fuck it's called now at a heavy mayo what the hell is it called now <laughs> freaking t- the tweeter center <laughs> xfinity know. center or whatever yeah. if they sold an instant live i would have bought it of course i would Just, well because, well, because I'm a fucking idiot. I'm, I'm I'm the
0: target audience. We would each have over 200 copies of the end of the road set list <laughs> and the same 200 <laughs> versions of Detroit Rock City, Love Gun, Shout It Out Loud, Deuce, all those. It's the same fucking album. Yep. It's true. Right? It, it's tr- it's true. It's true. Download it on your phone and you'd be like, hey, I'm going to look a uh, search. Okay. This is a search for the song Black Diamond. Here are 250 50. fucking <laughs> copies of it. It's exactly. The same fucking thing.
1: Yep. It's oh, true.
0: God. It's true. Just.
1: But I but I think I think it was a great list. And just to kind of you know honor the 50th anniversary, we wanted to kind of run through it, give our thoughts. Cause and it, like we said, like, like what we do with like on our dorm damage episodes, which we hope you listen to the, the newest one we did about mob mafia gangster movies. Going through the list and, and talking about it. And a kiss list, hell yes, you know we're gonna be there talking about it. Yep. Tom, what do we do next? We go to our question of the week, and this one comes from one of our lovely Patreon members, our good buddy, Adam Stevenson. And Adam, he's got a great podcast. I've been a guest on there a couple times. If you're really into metal, and I mean like real metal, uh, that Metal Oasis with his buddy, Orion. Yes, that's his real name, Orion. Great guy. Great show if you're into metal. They do a great job. Um, so his question of the week is, we all know how Sonic Boom and Monster are unfavorably viewed amongst the fans and get the hate that the two Eric and Tommy songs get. Well, the, the the Eric ones, yeah. The Tommy ones, I love. But anyways, my question is, do you think that All for the Glory or All for the Love of Rock and Roll, and when lightning strikes and out of this world, would they have sounded better with Peter and Ace on vocals? I really think Peter would shine on All for the Love of Rock and Roll, since it already has a swagger, and his raspy voice from the '70s area would bode well for the song.
0: Yeah, I think the the thing with Peter is he he's like Vinny. He he's okay, and he can pull some stuff on his own. But if you put him under the guidance of Paul and Gene, he'll excel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like Vinny. And so I agree. Yeah, I think they could pull any number no, number of songs out and uh, and he would do an excellent job on it. So yeah, I think it would work. Yeah, I, I he brings up a g- great point.
1: I think that's one of the reasons why I don't like either of those uh those Eric Singer songs because they sound like look, Eric's a rocker, okay? Those especially all for the love of rock and roll. That's a song that could have been on on like Peter's like solo album. You know, and I think Peter would have sounded great. Now, as far as the Tommy songs are, I think Tommy sounds fantastic on when lightning strikes and out of this world. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they're real. I think I don't, I don't I'm not a big fan of either of those albums. Shockingly, I think those two songs are actually standouts. I really like Tommy's voice. Ace could have done them. Yeah. Uh, but I think Peter's voice would have been an improvement over the Eric. The Tommy songs are fine as is. Um, but that being said, Adam. Thank you for the question, buddy. Of course, thank you as always for being a longtime fan and supporter on Patreon for us. And again, check those guys out. Adam and his buddy, Orion, on The Metal Oasis.
0: Yeah. Great job. Great job. Yep. Yep. Tom, where can people find us? Uh, You can find us here, bitching about Kiss and all that other good stuff. And everybody we know and like and friends with and everything else. That's going to be the other sidecast,
1: The Bitch Fest.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh no but please go to our website shoutoutloudcast.com that's where you can find everything about our show uh right on the landing page there you got links to our merch for Amazon um our Amazon shopping link links to Patreon our social media uh you can click on everything there and find our album review crew episodes our zeppelin chronicles dorm damage all of our episodes all of our rankings everything's there and you can send us messages directly from the website and we get them in the form of an email. Uh, Or you can send us a direct email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And, of course, social media. We're very active on all that. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all that good stuff. Please check us out. And uh, we always like to say we're a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Shows. Tons of great shows. Check those guys out. And as we mentioned earlier, a big shout-out to Jason Sibley, our new Patreon family member, and to all the other Patreon members out there. Thank you guys so much. And as Zeus mentioned earlier, check us out, patreon.com, or use the link on our website.
0: Yeah, Tom, you mentioned uh, Pantheon. I want to give a special shout out to our buddy from the Zeppelin Chronicles, Jay. Yes, uh, yes. He's always singing our praises and doing a great job for us. So we want to give a shout out right back to him. Yeah, he we just, love Jay. He, he just had an interview with uh, Richie Kotzen. God yes. bless him. Yep. Yeah, and, and and Jay is such a huge music fan. It's always funny because it's like a two different worlds, his style and ours. But we get along, so yeah. it works perfect. And we love his interviews, and we love that his stuff that he does. And I don't know anybody as as passionate about music as Jay is.
1: Yeah, we love Jay, and so, we love do we, and we love doing the Zeppelin Chronicles with him and um, Murph, and yeah, yeah ch- check Jay out. He's uh, got a ton of content out there, and yeah, Richie Kotzen, We're gonna be seeing him in a few weeks when we go to the Winery Dog Show. So yeah, check All him
0: right. out. Yeah, so Tom, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're almost to a thousand guys. Keep subscribing. You're getting us there. We appreciate it, and give us one of those five star. Child reviews, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Podchaser.com, go to Spotify, go to Facebook. So as always, when people ask, how can we help the show? First way, Patreon. Go to our website. You'll see Patreon on the landing page. Go there. Second, you got our Amazon store. And when you go to the Amazon store and buy anything there, it helps the show out. The other big thing is our merch. So when you go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com again, and you hit the Merch button, you'll go to our Amazon store, which that's where we have all our new designs. Check them out. Jeff Trott helped us out with them, and he's got some great new ones. And keep a lookout. Keep going to our Merch site. The new ones are going to be dropping. So you are got to see some new stuff we got coming out, and they are going to be the ones that we've talked about, catchphrases and all. So keep going to our website, and then click on the our Amazon or Merch stores, And check out Shout It Out Loudcast and uh, help us out, help the show out. It's a big help to us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, I always like to repeat the email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. We love your correspondence via email. And in addition, you can always check out the website, shout it out loudcast.com, shout it out loudcast.com. What we like to do at the end is always leave with famous last words. Tom, do you got any?
1: Oh, I do. In an honor of Poughkeepsie 1984. Ooh. Looking for a thrill, you'll get it my way. Let's hit the highway. <laughs> I'll take
0: you down. Like a dog to a bone. Make you sweat. Make you moan. Love is sweet. So insane. Come on. Lick my candy cane.
1: (laughs) The fact that he's like, that's a good lyric. Let's go with that. (laughs)
0: Lick my candy (laughs) cane. Like, how do you? uh, This is why we love this band. Ridiculous. Tom, Kiss Army, Loudcasters,
1: thank you. Guys, you're the best. We love you. Thank you so much. Zeus, as always, my friend. Thank you.
0: Peace out, Girl Scout. Tom, let's continue one of our favorite uh, listener segments, reading our spam email that we get. Okay. All right. Well, this one comes from Hugo.
1: The subject matter is I apologize for emailing you personally. My name is William Hugo from Norway. I am emailing you because I came across your stunning LinkedIn profile photo. Meanwhile, we don't have LinkedIn. (laughs) Of course not. I will be honest with you. My attention has never been caught like yours did. And I hope you don't find my person email disrespect. I apologize for emailing you personally like I just did. But the trust is that I didn't want to miss this once in a lifetime opportunity. I am really attracted to you. And I hope we can be friends and get to know each other. Regards, Hugo. Now, is this a Sunny
0: Poonie Burner account? (laughs) Oh, that was a podcaster's profile that we may have had on our LinkedIn for for Shout It Out Loudcast page. Dude, we don't have fucking LinkedIn. This stuff is just ridiculous. Uh, Here's one, Tom. Okay. Um, Thomas Luang. Dear friend, please accept my apologies. I do not intend to invade your privacy. (laughs) I wrote to you earlier, but no answer. In my first post, I told you about my late client's untimely death. (laughs) I received several letters from his bank where he made a deposit of U.S. $10.5 million before his death. The bank has asked me to provide his next of kin or any of his relatives who will stand for this claim. Otherwise, it will be confiscated by the bank due to lack of claims from his relative. Hence, I contact you to present you as his new beneficiary next of kin. After your reply, I shall give you details and procedures of this transaction. Waiting for your reply, best regards, Mr. Thomas Luang. Dude. All right, and then let's leave with this one, Tom. Oh, no. Please fuck me tonight. (laughs) You received a 12 naked pictures and eight videos. There's a banana emoji with three squirts coming out of it. Teens are looking for sex near to you. Wait, how how near me? (laughs) Eggplant with three drops. (laughs) Text me. Let's meet to fuck. (laughs) Underneath it says, Look at my ass (laughs) with a smiley face, tongue out. (laughs) A few pics. (laughs) And then it's got an apricot, an eggplant. And the other side will have an eggplant and an apricot An exclamation point And there's a link And the link says in between those apricot And eggplants Fuck for free So did you click on it? (laughs) Meanwhile, I'll never Post another fucking podcast On this computer ever again My whole computer just fucking melted Oh